We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our prime spark. Hi, I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Prime Spark. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the pleasure of talking with Sarah Kelly, a woman whom I greatly admire. Sarah E. Kelly received her PhD in synthetic organic chemistry from Yale University and her bachelor's degree in chemistry from Carleton College. She was awarded the 2019 Earl B. Barnes Award for Leadership in Chemical Research Management by the American Chemical Society and is a 2018 Connecticut Woman of Innovation Award recipient. Sarah joined Pfizer in 1986 as a research scientist in process research and development. She held a series of scientific and matrix leadership roles at Pfizer, including head of the chemistry, pharmaceutical research, and research science and technology areas. Sarah retired after a 31-year career in research and development at Pfizer. She currently heads a consulting company called TGIR Consulting, LLC. Its focus is on leadership and innovation in the life sciences. Sarah serves on the Association Board of Directors of the Ocean Community, YMCA. She is a member of the Association Board of Trustees of the Mystic Aquarium, in 2020, Sarah joined the Cherry Stone Angel Group and is a member of the steering and screening teams. Sarah, along with her husband, Ken, is in the process of restoring a house in Mystic, Connecticut. Today, Sarah is joining us from her boat at a wharf in Cape Cod. Hi, Sarah. I'm so happy you're with us today. <laughs> I am too. So just in getting started, let me ask you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why is it that you think that you don't? So I, I can't imagine anyone answering this, that they don't experience getting older. I mean, you know, <laughs> it would seem like you're not paying attention or something, I guess. So yes, of course I do. Um, I'm now 64. And, you know, I've experienced, I think, what are typical physical and emotional things as you get older. I mean, I physically can't do what I used to be able to do. And, um, you know, or I can't do it 
the way I want to do it. So I still am very, very active. I've been athletic all my life. I still go downhill skiing and love it and enjoy it. But I have had to adapt how I do things around getting older. And I'm okay with that. I also think we all pick our battles. And one of the battles I've chosen to pick is that, you know, I've always had red hair all my life. And I still have red hair through better living through chemistry. Um, and I think I probably won't give up on having red hair for quite some time yet. <laughs> I think those kinds of things, whatever makes us happy. Right. Um, I, at one point, um, went through a bunch of treatment and so forth, and my hair got really dark. And my whole life, I've had light hair. And, and some yeah. of it's through chemistry. I was born with very light hair, but then I got dark. And I would look in the mirror and think, I don't look like me. Right. You know, right. I don't look like, and so who is that? And so I went back to having my hair highlighted because I just, I wasn't happy. Yeah. And I think different people have different answers to that. Right. And some people hit a point where, you know, one of my good friends said, you know, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to color my hair. I'm ready to be gray and, you know, be done with all that. And I think that's great. I, I think it's wonderful that people have choices. And I think you should pick and do what makes you feel good. I agree. Absolutely. I absolutely yeah. agree. Yeah. So, Sarah, a lot of women that I talk to are working, but they're older mm -hmm. and they're they're starting to think about retiring and it terrifies them. Mm -hmm. So what was your journey toward retirement? Yeah. So mine was interesting because I was working, uh, you know, in a field where I had finally hit, you know, a job that, you know, I had aspired to um, while at Pfizer. Uh, I headed up the process research and development group. It was a group I joined as the first female PhD supervisor they hired and then retired out leading that that large department of about 750 people. Um, so in a lot of ways, I, I didn't really want, I wasn't actively seeking retirement, but I was, you know, I'm married to someone who's a little older than I am and he was retired. I had hit um, a retirement age category for our pension where it was advantageous by then to retire. You know, the kids were established and out of the house. And so uh, things all came together to make it kind of time and time to figure it out. And so um, I actually spent some time working with someone who I'm sure you may remember from Pfizer, whose name is Ellen Buller. And Ellen Buller was an HR consultant. And, and she and I took on the project of how do I look forward to retirement? How do I not wake up and dread the day? But how do I say, you know, when we develop the moniker, thank God it's retirement. And so I actually ended up starting an LLC called TGIR for Thank God It's Retirement Consulting. Um, and, you know, I thought through how do I fulfill all the different things that work, the, the bucket of, you know, life 
things that are that are work, you know, what constitutes that bud, bucket? And some of it's social, some of it's intellectual, some of it is, um, you know, ego-driven and prestige and, you know, people paying attention to what you say. And there are probably 12 other buckets, but how do I replace some of those things in my life in retirement? And I decided to look at retirement as a journey and a journey of exploration where I was going to figure out um, what I needed to replace and what I really didn't. And if I looked at it as a journey, for me, that helped. It didn't mean that on day two of retirement, I had to have everything all figured out. I was going to try different things. And that's what I've done. And it's um, some things have worked really, really well. And some things I've stepped back from um, because I found I didn't enjoy them as much as I thought I might. And I've gotten involved in some things that were a, a delightful surprise to me that um, have been really fulfilling. That is a wonderful description of how to make that passage successful. Mm -hmm. Good for you. I think we all put too much pressure on ourselves, you know, like having to figure it all out all at once. And especially if you've had as wonderful an experience of, as, as I did of finding this great match of something I enjoyed doing and something that tapped into skills I had and also where I felt I was making a contribution, that, that's a hard thing to replace. Um, and so... Yeah, I think as as too as a scientifically trained person, it helped to think of it as a as a set of experiments. You know, that's what I've been doing all my life. And so why wouldn't this be a set of experiments? It was a project. It was a project. <laughs> you yeah. were you were the team leader. <laughs> that's right. Life is a project. <laughs> I think as you're saying that, Sarah, I'm thinking about. I don't know if this is true. I'm going to see if this is true. I'm going to keep paying attention. That women who have loved what they've been doing, basically, they really like what they've been doing. They've been really good at it. I mean, it may be time to stop doing it, but it's not, oh, my God, I can't do this one more day kind of thing. You know, it's. I think that retirement is very different for women who've had that experience as compared with women who think who go through, I cannot do this one more time. I've hated this job my entire time, my entire career. I've hated doing it. So those are two very different approaches to getting out of working. Is coming to retirement a different experience for those two groups of women? So that's what I had wanted. I would I would think so. I mean, I would think that, you know. It would have to be because I would think that, that um, you know, in one case, you're looking forward to retirement as a sense of relief, um, you know, from what you're doing. And, you know, another person will look at, at it from a sense of what they're losing, you know, what a sense of loss of, of um, you know, work, relationships, status, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I would think they would be very different experiences. They may in the end actually have some similarities because I think the person that imagines they hate it may find there were actually elements of working that they enjoyed. Yeah. They may be surprised by that. 
I think one of the things with uh, with the pandemic that a lot of us found was that even if there's some people around us at work we don't particularly like, being all by ourselves is not what we want either. Right. And I was so glad. I, you know, I retired in May of 18. And I was so glad that I had had that, you know, year and a half, basically, of doing and getting involved in some things before COVID hit, I think it would be very, very hard to retire and immediately be plunged into COVID. Yes. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a social person. And one of the parts of work that I do miss is just the numbers of people to talk to and interact with. And that would have been very difficult for me. Yeah, and I think I think that's true for a lot of people. I think it was, um, yeah, I think that was yeah. learning for a yeah, lot of people. Time. But Sarah, what do you think? I mean, you did wonderful things while you were advisor. I mean, I I, I mean that. Um, what do you think was the most important contribution you made from your perspective? Well, you know, um, I think one of the things that I tried to do and tried to really pay attention to you know, it was really the way I showed up at work and the way I treated people that worked with me and for me. I tried to create opportunities where their voice could be heard. I tried to be a very good advocate for the groups that I was leading of what they needed. Um, and not everyone takes that on. Um you know, some people do a great job of managing up and engaging upper level management. And Sarah, I, you were known for that. Women I have spoken with, and I don't know about men because I speak to women, and women I've spoken to, that's one of the things they highlight about having worked with you. Well, thank you. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I also tried to set an example of, I think, you know, work life balance. Um, that was always very, very important to me. I always, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, I enjoy athletic things, and that was always important to me. And I always made time for that. You know, that was my me time. Um, and I made time for what the kids were involved in as well, and going to games and doing things, and then, you know, trying to figure out a way to fit it all in. Right. Um, you know, their own, yeah. So I think you try to set a set of values for yourself and live those values. And I'd say that's one of the things I tried to do. Yep. And I, th I think you were successful in that um, when you do that, when somebody can see somebody doing that successfully, I mean, life-wise and career-wise, then that goes a long way to encouraging them to try to do the same thing for themselves. Yeah, in their own way. And I think, yeah. you know, what I've been at is I would also say that it has granted me in the time period of retirement a sense of real peace. I mean, that that I, I that, you know, we we had some hard things we had to do. I, I had to lay people off. We went through merger acquisition, downsizing. I always worked with the leadership team to try to do as good a job with that as we could provide people with opportunities and choices and to really stand by people as they in some cases had to seek new opportunities. And I and I would say that one of the things I feel at peace with with that. And I think that's 
says a lot. That's very, very important. Yep. Yeah. So when you look back, is there anything you would have done differently in your career? Hmm. You know, one of the things, and I talked to my daughter particularly about this because she's also got a PhD and is she's gone into an academic type role, is I think I was I was always in a rush, you know, to do to get to the next thing, to do the next thing. I literally had a weekend off between <laughs> being done with graduates. You know, that was um that was just a lost opportunity, right? You know, um, and I've tried to tell her, um, you know, you have these time periods in life where you're granted, you know, an opportunity to take some time to travel or to do something different or to just take some time for yourself. And why won't you seize that? I think I was a little too much in a hurry. Um, and so slowing down is something that, of course, you can do in retirement and granting myself permission to sit and read and to just be outside and to not maybe be doing anything um, particularly other than enjoying observing birds and observing nature. Those are those are important things to do for yourself. Um, I think I might have also taken a little more risk of going, um, you know, I'm, I'm very happy I stayed with the company I was with and enjoyed working and enjoyed the topic of what we were doing. You know, I could have pushed to go and live in different sites for a period of time, and I never did that. Um, I did a lot of traveling for Pfizer, but I could have lived in the UK. I could have lived, um, you know, in California for a period if I wanted to. And that might have been a, an interesting thing to try. Um, but I didn't do that. I stayed I, and I had a different experience. So what is next for you, Sarah? You're you're doing your house. You have your boat. Yeah. You're, yep. um, you're skiing. I know you're riding your bike. Um, I am. <laughs> when, you, when you think of... I mean, is there anything that yeah. is still on your list that you really want to do? Yeah. So I'll talk about a couple of things that I'm really enjoying doing that, you know, I think in, in, a, in an integrated way, in a patchwork quote kind of way, have replaced some of what I loved at work. So one of the things I got involved in um, through someone I met um, what is an organization called Cherry Stone, and it's an angel investment group based in Providence, Rhode Island. And this group um, does a lot of small startup firms in the biotech space. And I've been a part of this group now for a couple of years. A lot of the people have a technical background. A lot of the people have a financial background. So I find myself, once again, it reminds me of starting work at Pfizer. I'm learning something new. I'm with a group of very intelligent people who are very interested in, um, you know, helping entrepreneurial companies survive and thrive. I'm on a board of a small company that I'm really enjoying called ASG. Um, and so that's just been a lot of fun. It's the technical part. It's some of the relationships. 
and and, and learning. Uh, I'm also on the board of a couple of great community organizations, the Mystic Aquarium, and I'm heading up the research council there. And that's a lot of fun. Um, again, talking about science and talking about, you know, how to make a difference. And then the YMCA, you know, where it's giving back to community. So some of these things are things that I was involved with before and have continued. Some of them are new things. Um, the, the one thing that I'd say we haven't gotten to as much that I expected was travel. And I'd say that that's an agenda item I want to get to um, before life conspires to make that, you know, more difficult. Um, COVID, you know, was part of that. We were supposed to go on a trip to China in the Silk Road. And we were supposed to go on a trip to Italy. And I still want to get to those things. And I don't have to get to like 20 trips a year, but, you know, an interesting trip where you can study and learn a new topic and just get involved in a new culture. That would be a lot of fun. So that's still to do. <laughs> fun. Yeah. Oh, Sarah, this is wonderful. So um, we're at our time, but if people wanted to get in touch with you, how can they do that? So I'm in LinkedIn. And that would probably be my preferred way um, to to get in touch with me. So Sarah E. Kelly in Mystic, Connecticut. Um, and yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anybody who's contemplating the journey of retirement or or thinking about um, a switch. Uh, it's not it's not all fun, you know. There are there are days where things don't line up, and it's it's I'm bored or I'm lonely or I'm whatever whatever. But but. Um, you know, I think I think you solve those things. So, well, I think a lot of those things are true no matter what you're doing. I mean they are. They yeah. are, aren't they? You can be in a room full of people and feel those things. Really lonely. There have been times when that's when I've been lonely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Okay, so her name is S A R A H, middle initial E Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y. And you can find her on LinkedIn. So thank, thank you, you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, it's this great to really see you again. <laughs> oh, that's our time together today, everybody. You can join us again, please, and find our Prime Spark podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Sarah Kelly. You can find her on LinkedIn. Thank you all for being with us. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark, to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.